Welcome to Cultivating Success, the podcast where we talk about real world business and chiropractic. I'm your host, Dr. Allison Bremner. On this episode, we have Dr. J.T. Anderson, a sports chiropractor in Centennial, Colorado. He's the former chiropractor of the Denver Broncos. On this episode, we discuss marketing yourself to professional athletes, his new book, No Bones About It, and stay tuned to the end, where we talk about an amazing opportunity to buy a turnkey office in Maryland. Hey, Doc, welcome uh, to the podcast. Thanks, Allison. Thanks for all that you're doing for our profession. Hey, yeah, stoked to have you on. And thank you so much for reaching out and wanting to be on the podcast. We were talking a little bit before, and I think you have a great story. I think we have a similar story about how chiropractic kind of helped and changed our life. So let's start off with that. How did you experience chiropractic for the first time? Well, like you said, I think we all have stories as a chiropractor. It's not like you look in the yellow pages, if you remember what those are, but you know, when you say, I want to be a chiropractor, I mean, it's a personal story that we have. And so for me, kind of grew up in the medical model. All of my relatives on one side were nurses, doctors, and the other side were farmers, dairy farmers in Minnesota. So when I was 13 years old, playing a lot of sports, I remember playing football and I launched a football as a quarterback and my back went out on me. Friends had to take me home to my mom. And, uh, you know, she tried to do the best she could, brought me to the family doctor who basically gave me medication. And um, we tried other things like a waterbed and some other physical therapy ideas just didn't work. So I started doing a lot of weightlifting, bodybuilding, and that helped. But a chiropractor out of Southern California took me aside and said, hey, look, your form is off. There's something going on. Let's go ahead and take some pictures and figure out what that is. And sure enough, there was some genetic stuff going on, spondylolisthesis, uh, a facet uh, that just wasn't lined up, um, and also spina bifida. But anyway, through a course of treatment, I was able to get some substantial relief. And I knew at a young age that chiropractic was in the mix. I always wanted to be an athletic trainer, maybe a uh, physical therapist. And then moving on into college, I was wavering back and forth, did some shadowing with some great mentors, chiropractic mentors. And I knew at that moment, I was going to go full force. And I ended up uh, graduating from Northern Colorado and I went to Parker University. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I think that a lot of people, I think, don't know that chiropractic is an option as an athlete, right? You, you What you're surrounded by typically is the trainer. And anytime you get hurt, that's kind of where you go to. And it's always, I think, just sort of this different things happen in your life and it kind of points you in the path. And then you end up as a chiropractor and you're like, oh man, that was lucky. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So, and you've been in practice for a while, doc. So let's talk about that. And what have you done along the way? So uh, yeah, 28 years and um, started off in my apartment, right? Right out of school. Didn't have a dime and met a gentleman named Tim Murphy. And we ended up going and buying a practice together, uh, basically a facility together, but we were waiting and waiting to get this going. And so in the meantime, for six months, I was practicing kind of my apartment. I ended up attracting one of the Denver Bronco players through a gym and he referred Terrell Davis, uh, who some of you might know as a running back for the Broncos. One thing led to another and the trainer for the Broncos said, look, we want to interview you to see if uh, you're a good fit for our team. I was able to pass the test, if you will, and I became the Denver Broncos chiropractor for many years, and that just kind of matriculated to becoming, we had an indoor football team called the Colorado Crush, and then we have an outdoor lacrosse team, the Denver Outlaws. So I've been involved in all three of those organizations. Well, I think that like something I talk to students about is that you just have to 
keep at it. And you never know, you're like one connection away from someone that's super influential. And so like what you can't do is sit in your office and be like, oh, you know, I'll just wait for someone to come in and see me. And then maybe someone will get to know me. Like you just, you kind of have to get out there and you have to, you know, talk to as many people as possible because you never know what each, I've, I've had some amazing connections where maybe the day started as an ordinary day and then you wind up with someone that completely changes your life. So right. that's awesome. Absolutely. What's some of your favorite things that you were able to do while working with those athletes? You know, honestly, it's the locker room talk. It's being inside of the facility. A lot of people don't realize that there's a lot of bantering going on back and forth, a lot of teasing. You have to have a thick skin, you know, as a player. Uh, You learn a lot about people, but uh, overall, I mean, they bleed red just like we do. They're human beings. They've got families, relationships. They just wanted to be treated like a normal person. And so um, I think for me, a big takeaway was not to get starstruck, but really just to find what they needed and help them along their journey, whatever it might be. Yeah. You know, I look for high level athletes background, like my, my new associate played college baseball and swam in college. And the reason why, just what you said, you have thick skin. I mean, business is tough. And if you don't have thick skin, like an athlete, then you probably have to build it up. So I love athletes because you're yelled at and screamed at and, you know, <laughs> you get through it. And I think it actually helps in business. Sure so does, yeah. I, I do like working with athletes on a business sense for sure. You know, but like you're, you're working with these athletes and I'm sure that they're talking about pain a lot to you, but you have a conversation with them about like overall health with chiropractic. How does that work? Yeah, I think we, you know, generally what I find is that people come into my office because of an ailment. Very, very rarely do they say, I just want to maintain my alignment. I want to stay well. That's a transition. And so, you know, I remember coming out of school thinking I'm going to have very few inactive files. You know, back in those days, everything was paper. And as the years go by, all of a sudden these files become huge. Now I got boxes and boxes of inactive people that have left the practice Again, there's that thick skin again. You have to realize it's not about you. It's really about them and where they are in their journey. Some people will use chiropractic for a period of time. Other people will jump around. Uh, You know, the studies show 5% of the population is using chiropractic. And within that 5%, generally, they've seen a chiropractor anywhere from three to five times different chiropractors in their journey. So you just have to keep moving on, build your tribe, and just love on those people that want to stay with you. Yeah. I think like, you know, one of the mottos, one of my mentors always said was, you know, don't chase replace because the thing is sometimes I think chiropractors, one of the ways they get burnt out is that they, they take it so personally, right? It's just like, Oh, I must've done something or they don't like me or something like that because they left. And sometimes people just aren't in a, like, you can't care more about their health than they care about their own health. So finding the people who do want to come in and stay with you and use your services, I think are important. I do a lot of talks on um, understanding your ideal client because sometimes you're not meant to serve every single person. And you'll find that through practice. I'm sure, I'm sure you see a person walk in you're like, that's right there. That's my ideal client. That's going to be the perfect patient. Absolutely. You know, I always um, enjoy working with kids and babies, but that's not my jam. I I wish I could tell you, even my kids, as much as I've adjusted them in their lives, I always found uh, like Amy Derry is a phenomenal pediatric chiropractor. And so I just, you know, I just send them over to her and, and, you know, I focus on what I feel like I'm good at. And then I just minimize, you know, the tension and the struggle that I might have internally going, I'm not really the best baby doctor, a chiropractor out there. 
Yeah, I love that. I get a lot of grief because I'm a woman and I do not see kids. I don't want kids in my office and people get really mad about that. But the reality is, yeah, I want I want to send them to someone who that would be perfect for them. It's not to say that I never see kids because I do sometimes, especially if it's moms that have been my patient and they want their kids to get checked, especially if they're having some sort of neurological issue. But I think that that's great to recognize that you aren't everything to everyone and they're going to be happier. Like my office, you got to be really quiet. You know, it's like, you know, people have migraines and they're in zero gravity chairs and there's like no self, like it's super quiet. And I don't want someone worrying about their kid being loud, worrying about their baby crying, which that shouldn't be a problem in a pediatric practice where it's set up for that. And the mom and the baby, you know, can be comfortable. Good point. Yeah. But it's kind of funny, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm glad that you talked about that because I think that's awesome. Let's talk about your book. This is your second book, right? This is my second one. And um, the first one was called Outside the Fence, A Father's Journey from Coach to Fan. And for me, it was all about baseball. I coached my son at five years old. When he turned 14, I kind of got my pink slip. I was no longer needed. So I had to figure out how to go from the inside of the diamond, right, the baseball field, onto the outside. And that was a real hard transition for me. So this book talks a lot about the other dads, maybe. uh, and, And there's some moms, too, of course, that coach. And, you know, just what that feels like when you have to kind of give up your coaching status, you're no longer having to put on the uniform anymore. It's a real weird deal. But uh, that book is a lot of fun for me to write. And the second book, which is what we're talking about, is called No Bones About It, A Memo of a Chiropractor. Like I said, we all have our stories. It dives deep into the science and the art and the philosophy behind chiropractic, talks about, you know, those that have been jailed in the earlier years, but it also brings up for students out there, power partners, who you align with to build your practice. You know, again, you, you don't want to be focusing in on somebody that's not going to really give you that reciprocation. So for me, you know, I really enjoy working with a lot of personal trainers. Um, I do a lot of work with naturopaths and so forth. That's kind of my tribe. And the power partners really uh, allow you to grow your business. Um, and then the book itself just kind of goes deep into you know, different facts, fun trivia that really kind of stimulate and get you hungry for coming out into practice or if you're in practice to kind of let you know, hey, there's other people out there that are struggling just like you and let's all bind together and, uh, you know, form a, a commonality. Yeah, I think that building your professional network is super important. It's one of the first things I get my associates to do and it can be awkward at first, right? You're like, uh, hey, do you want to go to lunch because I want to talk to you about business? But the thing is, if the other person sees the value in creating relationships, they're going to be stoked to do it. And if they don't want to do it, then that just weeds them out. They're just not going to be someone that you want to work with. And sometimes you think, oh, I want to work with this person and you don't find that person. And then some other person where you wouldn't think that you would get a referral from them. But for some reason, they see your ideal client or people you like working with. Do you have any surprises like that? Someone who you're like, I don't even know what this person does, but like we've worked great together. Yeah, you know, I think it's just personality. I mean, you know, as well as I do, you meet somebody for the first time, like this is the first time that I've met you and I instantly enjoy you as a person and I want to get to know you better. But yeah, I think that's just who we are and and you're not going to please everyone. You're just going to move on, but that's okay. You have a friend for a day, friend for a season and friend for a lifetime. Same thing in the business world. Well, why did you write the book? Like, what was, do you think the intrinsic factor of you wanting? Did you always want to write? books or did it just kind of come to you? Yeah, I've always been a writer, even as a youngster. I've made up great stories and so forth. And I have a third book and a fourth book I'm writing right now. The third one's called Motion is Lotion, 
live an oily life, talks a lot about alkalinity, about diet, different exercises that keep your joints loose. The fourth book is more, it's more of a fun one. It's called Younger Me, Older Me. And it really emphasizes what you do today affects you tomorrow. For instance, Friday night, tomorrow night, some people maybe go out and drinking, grab a pizza, but the older self is going to pay the price on Saturday morning, for instance. So that book has also been a lot of fun to write. That is fun. I think we discussed that I just turned 40. I have like a drink now. <laughs> and that's that's plenty. And I find it's a lot more recovery these days than uh, you know, pushing myself to the limit. Yeah. Did you how long did it take you to write? So your your recent book, No Bones About It, how long did it take you from start to finish? You know, I had a little uh little gap there, about three months, four month gap, but it took about two years to write a lot of uh research. I do a lot of interviews with the pro athletes that I've worked with before. So uh it's about 210 pages, but it's just full, fully packed with all sorts of fun information, not only about myself, but chiropractic and you know, I think again for the students out there, if they're interested in the sports world, it's really just about getting connected with the athletic trainer. For instance, I talk about that in the book. It's not about going to the actual athlete, but it's about going to the gatekeeper, which is the athletic trainer. And I'll tell you a quick story. I was interviewed by the Colorado Avalanche after they won their first Stanley Cup back in 95, 96. And I remember speaking to Pat Carnes. We had a great conversation. I felt like we were, I was on target to become their team chiropractor. I'd written a, a, a story about how to work out and how to train properly. And they had an enforcer they brought in that year. He came into the training room and I just immediately just stopped what I was doing. I grabbed it out of my little duffel bag. I handed it to him and he uh, looked at it for a second, handed it to Pat Carnes. He walked out. Pat looked at it and said, hey, if you ever have an opportunity to interview with another pro team like, like we're just doing right now, don't ever do that what you just did there. And then basically the meeting was over. He walked me out of McNichols Arena. And then at that point, I had to drive home just with my tail between my legs. But, you know, opened up the doors for other things. But you just have to learn where your place is. Yeah, I think that two things given equally, they're going to work with someone they know and trust. And when I, so networking is a skill. And when you go to a networking event, this is for you students when you start doing that. What you don't want to do is take your card and shove it in their face and say, you should come and see me because they're gonna, they're just going to, you might as well just take your card and put it in the garbage can because that's basically what you're doing. And it's a little bit of an art to understand when to kind of interject and when to kind of hold back an established relationship. But sometimes we, you'll make a mistake in that. Now, you remember that now for the rest of your life, right? And uh, it, I'm sure that it benefited you somewhere down the road where then you did the right thing and got this great connection. You know, when I'm talking about it on this podcast, I'm not embarrassed about it. You know, I mean, it's yeah, I would have loved to have been the team chiropractor, but yeah, I agree. Um, and also, I wanted to kind of jump on your point about when you're well, first of all, a person's most valuable asset in their life is their name. And so you get to know somebody's name and you continue to, to nurture that relationship and ask them about what is going on in their lives. You know, make it more about them. Don't be a topper. You know, don't always try to trump their story because. You know, I'm a very interesting person, but you, Allison, are probably more interesting yourself than, than I am, right? Because you, you're around yourself. And so I just would encourage you uh, as you're building these relationships to always make it about the person that you're directly in front of and let them lead the conversation. Then you can interject and they'll be like, you're, you've listened to them. I, yeah, 100% agree. I got up to grab the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And definitely some of the things that he talks mm -hmm. about. This book is an Fantastic. old book. 
But what you just said is that become interested instead of interesting, especially when it comes to patient care. I think the biggest compliment that our office gets is you just listen to me, you know, because they're used to not being listened to. They're used to being told what to do. And yeah, if you could master that art of being interested in another person, I think that it just goes, it goes really far. And I think that students struggle with this because they want to show how smart they are. They just got out of school. They have all these doctor words. I couldn't, like, if I had to, like, pass boards again, I, I know I could not do that. Um, I have purged <laughs> all of the information out of my brain. I mean, I'm not sure how much you talk to students these days, but sometimes when I'm talking to them, they just, they want to show me how smart they are and which is great, but like, you know, that that doesn't really get you a whole lot of patients or getting you far into networking. Yeah, I think the uh, longer I've been in practice, the more humble. Every day, I just wake up and I say, who's going to come in? Who can I serve? And I train my staff and I educate them that um, let's make their day about them. They have sometimes five, 10 minutes with us. Let's make that about them, you know, and then we'll see them again in a month or so. You know, they really look at you and they say, this is a resource that I can use. And I'm going to send my friends and family because, you know, this person is all about me and not about themselves. And it's easy to get full of yourself, you know, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because if you make them feel heard and welcome in their experience, because you can think of that, right? You've been to a place maybe that had a restaurant that had amazing food, but the service was so bad that you're just like, I'm never coming back here. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think that's what happens with chiropractors. And they don't realize that's that's happening. They're like, oh, I'm a great adjuster. And they think that's all that, that there is to it, but not to say that you don't want to be a great adjuster, but like, if you just focus on that and not the experience and that, that person, then you're going to have a tough time getting those referrals and the long-term relationship. Right. You know, I, um, I went to Parker uh, down in Dallas, Texas. At that point, it was Parker College of Chiropractic, and now it's Parker University. But the seminars that I really enjoy have always been through Parker. They really just talk about personal relationships. And yes, you get a lot of great information technique-wise and business and so forth. But it really boils down to, you know, making sure that you keep your skills sharp and, and attend like the Mile High uh, you know, event that they have every year, every other year, you know, get involved, meet other chiropractors and sharpen each other up. That's so important. We live on an island oftentimes, at least I do. And so I'm reaching out. And again, thank you for having me on the podcast. I would have never met you before, but, you know, I'm, I'll be sharpened just by our interaction. Yeah, I enjoy talking to other chiropractors and it's been an interesting journey with this podcast and interviewing even some of my very good friends, like we were very good friends in school. 10 years later, I'm interviewing them and I learned something about them that I did, like, did not know because mm -hmm. it's kind of like, oh, we're on this like open dialogue and, you know, everyone on here wants to really help students and other chiropractors. So they share stories like the one you shared and things that they mistakes that you've made or triumphs that you've had. And I think that the more that you do that, the, yeah, the better that you're going to get. Cause it's just like one, every time I interview someone, it's like one more thing. I'm like, ah, I didn't think about it like that. Or I didn't, I didn't have that experience before, but now I, I have had it because I meet all kinds of people. So I really enjoyed it. And I appreciate the guests coming on, just kind of being open and vulnerable. And so that's been awesome to see. So, nice. well, you know, going forward, you know, something you, you're thinking the next five to 10 years, we were talking about how you have a big passion for the military and, and people who serve our country and getting them high quality care. Yeah, I think, um, you know, when I, I treat our vets and so forth and those that are involved in the military, I ask them, do you get regular chiropractic care? And 
the majority of them say no, they don't offer it. And they're the ones that are really pounding the pavement. They're carrying, you know, packs and so forth. They're under a tremendous amount of stress. Uh, so it's, again, the no bones about it, my book doesn't, chiropractic doesn't have to be about manipulation, right? You could just be coming alongside somebody, educating them about diet, nutrition, how to, you know, decrease stress, you know, the vagus nerve and how to calm it down. And, you know, unfortunately, our first responders, including the military, are under tremendous amount of stress that they can be helped by chiropractic just with the, the loving touch we give them, but also the information we can provide. Yeah, definitely. I think that in a high stress job, you don't even realize what like a normal baseline is, you know, and so it's just like they're constantly in this fight or flight. And we talked about you know, the power of chiropractic is obviously people come in because they have pain, but in the reality, the long lasting solution, because you know, nervous system and getting them to be able to function at a higher level, super important for people who have high stress jobs. And a lot of times they, because they're first responders, they think about themselves second. You know, when I talk to people like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do anything special to like work with that, that population? So we have very specific things that we use in our office. Uh, We use the brain tap, the magnosphere. Um, We're all about just lowering that stress level, like you said, the sympathetic nervous system, we want to put them in that parasympathetic, and then we want to educate them on what they can do outside of our office. And so, um, you know, we are just constantly opening up our doors to the first responders, you know, and it's amazing just the gratitude they have for a caring person, because especially police force, for instance, they've been under a tremendous amount of scrutiny. Um, Again, they're there to help us. Not everybody's perfect, obviously. There's been a lot of mistakes, but for my, you know, purpose uh, and what I'm doing, I want to make sure that my door is open, not just to the professional athlete, you know, but it's to anybody that needs help, except for babies. I'll refer them on. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you want to talk about your book? I definitely, we're going to put the link below in the description here. So if students want to order the book, where's the best place to get the, get your book? You know, I just came up with a real creative, um, you know, website. It's the three W's and then JT Anderson, S-O-N dot biz, B-I-Z. It's really a handbook. And so when you're a little bit burned out or you have questions about how to market yourself, it's it's jam-packed full of good information that you just wouldn't read it once. It'll be something you'll have for your entire career. And that's really what I wanted to uh to do it for is to make sure that people can use that as a resource and hopefully we can get it into some of the chiropractic schools and in their bookstores. Yeah, that'd be awesome. You know, the biggest thing that the students struggle with is business and communication, I'd say is the two things. So any resource to help them out, I think would be great. And like I said, we'll post that link below. So you can just click on it, make it a little easier for you. And then of course, the two questions I like to always end this podcast with, which is, can you tell me your very best business decision you've ever made and your absolute worst that you've ever made yeah. in your career? I think my very, very best uh, business decision was to align myself with another chiropractor as we started our practice together. And we would constantly be working together. Uh, we would go market together. When I was down, he was up. When he was down, I was up. Um, so that was one of the better decisions I've ever made. You know, the poorest decision I probably have made is not having an associate, somebody that can take some of the stress off of me day in and day out. 28 years of practice, you know, it beats your body up. And, you know, I just am not at that level like you are where I have brought in an associate. Uh, eventually, I'll probably become an associate when I move to Florida. Um, and, and speaking of that, I do have to 
put a kudo. My, my good friend, Dr. Dan Alexander has a practice in Solomons, Maryland, beautiful area that he is uh, wanting to bring an associate in as soon as possible so that they can start up their own practice. It's basically a turnkey. So he'll pay you $100,000 plus bonuses. And it's, you know, they'll see 250 to 300 uh, wellness patients a month. I mean, a week, sorry. It's a very busy practice. So if you have an interest, you can certainly reach out and I can put you in touch with Dr. Alexander. Yeah, we would definitely send me that information, Mark, and we'll put that below too. Because, you know, I bought a practice when I was 29 and uh, it catapulted my career exponentially because uh we we talked about this before the recording but like when you're trying to build something from nothing that is very very hard what's really great about buying a practice is that you have these people and not only it's like oh automatically patients but then you can start doubling them because i can imagine what happens like when i bought the practice uh the lady who was selling it was just she just wanted out so she wasn't really growing the practice she was just like i'm maintaining it so she could sell it so when you step into someone who's selling a practice you get to take all these patients and then you can start like trying to grow it from where it is and usually you can do that much much faster so i'm a big advocate of buying a practice so <laughs> that's my little two cents about that um, wonderful yeah anything else you want to talk about doc uh, especially if it's something that you think the students should know. You know, I just, what I would tell you is chiropractic is the greatest profession. I wouldn't change uh, anything. Uh, you know, we're always going to be looked at um, in a, in a light of maybe being different and that's okay. Um, more and more medical doctors, attorneys that I work with personally believe in chiropractic. All professional teams now have a team chiropractor. When I first started, uh, maybe there was five of us and we're the NFL Chiropractic Association and now everyone. So there's so many ways to utilize chiropractic, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, nutritional, and uh, go for it. Make your dreams happen. Yes, I think that um, it's going to people resonate with chiropractic. They just don't know it's chiropractic. Yeah. They're like, ah, I love this. I didn't know this existed. And I agree. It's the best profession. It, you know, in my opinion, it can be the best profession and it can be a very challenging one. And when things are working the way because you are in alignment with you know who you should be saying and get the good mentors, then it becomes the best profession possible. Mm-hmm. So that's really important to make sure that you're getting the right connections and reading books, you know, people who have been in practice for a long time. So I appreciate you providing that resource for the students because um, quite frankly, that's what they need. They need mentorship and they need guidance so they don't get Thank lost. You. Thank you. Doc, it was great having you on tonight. Thanks, guys, for listening. This podcast, as you know, we release the first and third Monday, and we're just here for you, trying to give you uh, an edge and education how to get into practice and be successful. That's all we got. I'll see you guys later. Thank you. Thank you.